Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, possibly with the caveat that this podcast is a little bit more serious than most, I would imagine. Yes, we, no, we'll, we have a market value of seriousness. <laughs> we are exactly at our market value of seriousness. <laughs> We're not exceeding any market no. value and the, the, the deal of seriousness we have made is perfectly within the laws as they stand. This is about Saracens, about the salary cap. It's the first podcast we've been able to do with it with... Well, no, actually, that's wrong to say with all the information out of the open, because it isn't, which is one of the limitations of any conversation on this matter. But it is the first one with Phil. Hello, back, Phil. Back from doing his Zach Galavanakis out of the hangover thing, carrying a baby <laughs> round in a backpack round Thailand and, well, wherever else in Asia you were. Where did you go? He- hello, hello, Tim. Hello, JB. <laughs> hello, mate. Where did um, you go? We went to uh, Thailand, a uh-huh. couple, couple of places in Thailand, Malaysia, a couple of places in Malaysia. And Singapore. Hell yeah, the half live, eh? Very cool. And you don't even work for BT Sport. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no BT Sport money. No BT Unfo- Sport money. Unfortunately. Civilian money. <laughs> Sir Yallop on uh, Twitter, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us, said, um, his, well, I asked for questions and thoughts and stuff for, this, uh, for the podcasts this coming week. He said, uh, just please, Phil, never leave again. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. It, it was uh, remarkable. So I've been listening in intently and obviously messaging you guys from uh, my remote locations. It was remarkable to hear um, some of JB's transformation towards Stephen Jones last week. It he was, is my father. It was an interesting podcast to listen to last <laughs> week. Some Some... Amazing revelations broken by JB and some interesting takes to listen to. Well, yeah, I mean, that's. Did you think, Phil, at any point when you first listened, I think JB might have lost the plot a little bit here? There was, there was a couple of times. I did wonder on the uh, Marrow 800k. Which well, well was JB was kind enough not to actually mention a player's name, unlike uh, Sky well, Sports, who claimed I, it was breaking news three days after JB brought I, up the story. Well, I actually agree with Sky News. I think if you've got the information, break the news, break yeah. and and give the oh, names yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, because these are rule encroachments. They are law encroachments according to salary cap rules, and that's something which we'll be discussing later. Yes, I, I thought it was a little bit. It's a little bit rugby union writers club say, oh, hang on a minute, uh, this is out of order, you don't report that. Because actually, maybe if these guys have been reporting and doing their jobs to start with, I didn't take an outside journalist, um, Laura Scott, hang on, I always get this wrong, 
Laura Scott, or is it what, what, what's her name? What's her maiden name? Is she going by a maiden name now? Or? I'm, I'm not right. sure. Laura Scott, yeah. I think's fine. Who is Daily Mail and now BBC? Who yeah. wrote it originally? I mean, it's it talking outside person with journalistic skills, not writing skills, journalistic skills to actually sniff this out. So, but, but fair play, uh, JB, because there was a lot of raised eyebrows after the last podcast. There was mine included. Yeah, mine included uh, at the time. I, um, but at least I didn't say you're talking bollocks on the podcast. I, I, I said you may be right. <laughs> Maybe right. There was, yeah. And there were there were some things where you were talking bollocks. No, I don't think I was. I mean, <laughs> I, I still don't think I was talking. I mean, my mind has changed again. But I think I was right to start with. It depends on how you look at it through what prism you look at it okay so there were a few things that you said that were plain wrong which uh, the property deals uh property deals at commercial rates Mm. springs to mind and and also that saracens had declared everything to the salary cap manager yeah let's not let's not get let's not get into the weeds straight away where we're at is saracens have been relegated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. via a deal ultimatum that has been rumored but we don't know what the, we don't actually know what the compromise arrangement was there and what the alternative to relegation was, if there was one. We well, don't know. We don't know. Neil Golding suggested in his statement, or actually stated in his statement, so that's the new Ch- Saracens chairman, yeah. he said that um, there was the f- forensic audit on the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they... they chose against it the words that he used were they didn't want the emotional and financial strain of an ongoing audit that was his formal mm. statement mm. which was interesting wording i thought fine i mean i don't blame him for not wanting a further audit for personally Turn yourself down a tiny bit jb sorry. sorry no no no. you don't have to be sorry it's yeah. fine it's fine just a tiny bit yeah I, I don't blame him for not wanting a further audit i think we all know that they would have failed it based on you know doing the deals previously what is the points that take medicine it's, I suspect, because when you look through the report and you look through the calculations of how they got to the ultimate fine, it talks about in each individual year, before these non-disclosed agreements, they had headroom. Mm. And I suspect, had they done that further audit, that headroom would have been at best reduced or totally eliminated and there would have been a deficit, which would have actually meant that their penalty jumps from $5.4 million to... Who knows? I suspect that was part of the reason, or certainly the, 100%. F- the fear of that was part of the reason. Yeah. Uh, now, d- did you find it odd that having? Uh, did you find it odd that having made a decision in November 2019 about the previous three or however many seasons, it was odd it three months later to be making a judgment on the current season? It just seems bizarre to me that having spent so long from March to November, having waited till after the World Cup to get all their ducks in a line, that there wasn't um, an assessment made of the current season or at least that coming out as part of the report it, like immediately in November. This is what's happening previously and immediately we're going to deal with currently because it just seemed like this this current season one came out of the blue and i think that's one of a number of things that's happened that has fed potential conspiracy theorists or any any sort of feeling of uh, hard bit of saracen's being hard done by yeah i don't see where this comes in into the premiership rules i, mean, I don't know where these rules are written no this this bit in particular so if you look back on the the full report yeah it, it appears that everything's been done by the book when the information came out on this bit, this the relegation and how they're dealing with it partway through a season. So we don't actually know what Saracen's um, final bill will be at the end of this season. Because this season has not finished. No. So, allegedly, 
like they couldn't get well they couldn't calculate all of their England credits or if they could the effect of it smoothing came into play so let me just explain that the England credits do you know how they work so you get like a rebate on the salary if you're if you're in the EPS squad yeah, so I, it's if you miss games, I think it's so you're in the oh, EPS okay. squad and you're unavailable for Premiership games. So like okay. this weekend, anyone anyone in the 34 man squad was unavailable for a game, they will get the the credits yeah. for this weekend. So let me give you an example, right? I have Tim on my salary cap. Mm-hmm. Tim, fine choice, exactly, Very fine, fine choice. choice. Multi positions can play front row, back row, uh, uh, t- ten announcer and. and what can't he do <laughs> right and I decided to pay him I'm just making these figures up £350,000 yeah now he might then be entitled to £100,000 worth of England credits and again these are not accurate numbers I'm just making them, making them up if he were to play 10 games yes. for example or be unavailable for 10 club games which means that these credits then come into the salary cap and then £100,000 of Tim's uh, Tim's salary is effectively removed yeah that's not technically exactly true um, because you can the, the credits basically act as conduits to get the money from England into the player's pocket makes sense but yep. it's it's done via the via the player's contract yep now if that player does not get picked for England you've then got to find an extra £100,000 someone like Jack Singleton someone like Jack Singleton for Sing- example Cruz Exactly. Uh, well, for example, it, were he to have gone Dave to Japan, Atwood, like maybe. Saying, I mean, maybe yeah. you might need to send Dave Atwood to Toulon because <laughs> for a period of time. For a period of time. So now I think, and I don't know this exactly, but um, Nigel Ray is talking about the effect of smoothing. So smoothing, presumably, and I don't know this for a fact, but presumably smoothing is if I have Tim on a three-year contract and I've already started to get his England credits, rather than have them all in one go and then have to find the extra hundred thousand pounds for Tim in the next two years, yeah. I can have a smooth. Effect, so I can manage my cap more efficiently, and, the, and that's what Nigel Ray referred to, which is that the effect of smoothing means they couldn't get all of their money immediately. Now, Ed Griffiths, when he was on with uh, Will Greenwood, um, spoke about. He gave an analogy, which I've messaged you guys about. But he gave an analogy of the salary cap. You you only know what you've spent when you conclude the season. So yes. this year, at the end of June, they will know exactly what they've spent because there's exactly as Jay's set out. Yeah. There's a smoothing of the England credits. There's injuries. There's loan deals and everything else. Um, he his analogy was um, it's baking like baking a cake. It doesn't matter where the cake is halfway through. It only matters where it is at the end. No, that's not true. That's a bad analogy. It is, it's a bad analogy. Yeah. Because you... Well, certainly you shouldn't be checking the cake partway through because you'll alter the temperature of the oven. You yeah, trust you, the process. Yeah. And you don't guess with the ingredients no. and hope you get a cake at the end of it. No. So the the better analogy that I think works... Well, I think works better is... So if you're running an 800-metre race, but not a normal race, you're running an Olympic qualifying race... Time to qualify is 1 minute 45. Mm. So if you're 10 seconds ahead of qualifying pace at 400 metres or 10 seconds behind qualifying pace at 400 metres, fast. it doesn't matter unless at 400 metres you are so far behind that you'd have to break the world record, um, the 100 metre world record, mm. four times in a row to get it. And that, my assumption, and everything's assumptions because we've got no transparency, is that where Saracen's where they have deemed themselves and where the league have deemed themselves is they are at the 400 metre mark 
and they would have to break four consecutive 100 metre world records to get under that one one minute 45 mark. Mm. Yeah, so I've got a um, conspiracy theory now about this season in particular. Yeah, well, I was going to say let's let's compartmentalise this the, the decision about relegating them, and then we can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sort of think so. so just I, I know that I know there is, um, yeah. but but just to try and make it easy to easier to follow. So, yes. Yeah, you got a point yeah. on that because this season, this season is different to the others. We've, yeah. We now have a lot of information on the past three seasons. On this season, there is no transparency. There's no well, information. Yeah. I, so in a way, there is a, there is some transparency. Okay, because we don't need to worry about the contracts and whatnot because we can look at, back at the reports, even though the report was released after the relegation, we can look at it and go, look, they had headroom, right? That's fine. So if those contracts just run into this year, they're still going to have he- headroom. So I was speaking to someone at Saracens, and when they first heard the news about how much they're over, they're like, well, is that it? I mean, we can get into that pretty quickly. Liam, Liam Williams moves on, there's a couple of retirements, we can, you know, we can solve this. Uh, and it turns out they couldn't, because they couldn't get rid of any of their players. Which is another problem. Yeah, without paying them, um, like, a redundancy fee. Yeah. So if someone, if Figolo, for example, has got six months left to run on his contract, that's going to give him 150k. He's not going to leave without that 150k. No. Or at least a significant portion of it. So the other element of this is, I thought, well, why don't they just bloody rewrite the damn contracts? So all the contracts, as in the players' pay packets, are absolutely fine. Right, if you just look at the money in, money out, absolutely fine. So why not say, look, you've got one more left, one more year left on your one hundred and fifty thousand pound contract. Let's just do a one year now for one hundred fifty thousand. I thought, well, that would solve it, but of course it wouldn't, would it? Because that would mean that that the averaging out of those figures would actually be over. Two years rather than, say, three years or five years or four years. So actually, all you've done is so what's, inc- what's the conspiracy element that right. the clubs were deliberately. Not signing players. That's why I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's a lot of clubs that needed needed a lot of players, and there are a lot of players available at Saracens, and they weren't taken. And it's inter- it'll be interesting to see if, well, now Saracens are relegated, where the clubs go. Actually, yeah, we'll take those players, because so, if they did, I think that's really it's, it's quite sly. So, from a timing perspective, what you're saying is, Saracens had before this relegation was decided a period where they could have offloaded players. Yep. Uh, none of the clubs were playing ball with that. Now, I think that it makes sense for two reasons from the other clubs. One would be a very simple... A lot of clubs are paid up to the salary cap. Not mm. not all of them, but a lot of them have done their business for this season, six or 12 months ago. The other side is... It's kind of a, It doesn't need to be collusion or um, a conspiracy theory. It's relatively simple game theory that... If no one signs any of those Saracens players and almost forces them to go down, then every club in the league has a better chance of top four yeah. and winning the Premiership. It's very Machiavellian. It it is. Now, I'm not saying there was any collusion to get to that because I think most of the clubs are smart enough to get there anyway. Yeah. So it depends how I mean, you look yeah, at it from a I conspiracy mean, perspective. You know, take for instance um, uh, a club in Europe, right? And they're desperate for an extra player to make sure that they can qualify to that next year, that next European stage. Maybe they'll take that player tomorrow. But then, L- but so then London Irish have a fly half short. Paddy yeah. Jackson's out long term, and they're battling relegation potentially. Mm. Looking over their if, shoulder, if they, were, thing, yeah. <laughs> they might even say, 
Vinland Irish's case, well, let's get his let's get his chumps relegated, and we don't need to worry about our fly half situation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, well, that's the conspiracy theory. I, th- I think one thing that has fed the conspiracy theories is the 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 governance of Premier Rugby, which I think is going to have to change. Oh, I think they should just basically sack everyone and start again. It definitely does so need to change. If, for anyone that doesn't, isn't aware of how it works, and do correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I looked into this, the the people that govern and decide, there are people in positions of CEO, chairman, and things like that of Premier Rugby, and you know, running the sales arm and the marketing arm and all the rest of it. But ultimately, the board are the chairman of the clubs. Yes, yes, and the yeah. executive of the thirteen and, clubs. of the thirteen clubs and the executive committee are three of those chairmen. Is that correct? Yeah, that's my understanding. I don't actually know who it is no, at this point. but they must vote within for which ones, which members of that. So you have an organisation making decisions about, uh, punitive decisions about a club made by the other clubs who have a vested interest in a punitive decision about a club. I just think they should get... Yeah. That seems to me a bit bonkers. They should have yeah. a, league, a league commissioner. Everything is... Uh, given to this guy, a Roger Goodell type fella, does basically everything, a league office, so on and so forth, and at the end of every year they can have an owners meeting, they can decide if they want rule changes, this, that and the other, and then they can go go ahead with that. I, I would be happy with that. And I, I, I'd no, be happy to be the, be the commissioner? I think you would do a grand <laughs> job, JB. <laughs> you a great commissioner. <laughs> JB 2020's just suddenly got upgraded oh, from yeah. uh, <laughs> RFU. <laughs> like everything, I mean, you know, the communications, you know, the, the way that... Um, they, they they managed the message the way that they kind of made it worse. I mean, this could have been over really, couldn't it? When they first got the uh, the points, but we've managed to drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. It, it has been dragged out, and I think that's probably a good time to link into the actual full report, yeah. Yeah. which has now been released. So this yes. runs from fifteen sixteen to sixteen seventeen to seventeen. Uh, no, uh, 16, 17, 16, 17, 17, 18, 17, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18 19. So, so to bookend that, book that first little segment, I hope, and I'm sure more information is going to be revealed, I hope there is uh, the level of transparency about how and why and in what way the decision to relegate Saracen, Saracens automat- automatically. Um, I hope there's some tr- transparency over that because we're just, we're just yeah. feeding off scraps and hearsay and reported reasons why. But you're right. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear your sort of summary, Phil, because I know you had a very long flight the other day. <laughs> the very, In fact, you had a flight a couple of hours after the report was leaked online. I did. I was half hoping the report... So it, it was um, a few hours after the, premier, the official Premiership Rugby report, so I've only read the redacted report. I've not seen the, the unredacted one. But obviously everyone can fill in the blanks because of the leak. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping... Half hoping it did get leaked or did get released, so I um, I had something to read on a thirteen hour flight, mm. and half hoping it didn't, so I could just sleep for thirteen hours or as long as my eleven uh, month old baby would sleep. Mm. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, it got released, so I had the pleasure of reading the full hundred and three pages on that flight. Yeah, um, my take. So I think there's th- the problem we had before was. There was so little information that was available. Uh, the Premiership Rugby initial statement pretty much only said minus 35 points and £5.4 yeah. million. Pounds. There was no other salient information in it. Now, in the absence 
in the absence of that information, there's been a huge amount of speculation. Some had degrees of truth to it, but not the full amount of truth, and some was just totally wrong. There's also been a bit of a PR game played by Saracens at various different points mm. in time. Um, and that has meant there's been wrong assumptions. And I think there's probably three key bits of information that has been released in this report that certainly was not considered before. And those are, firstly, the it does refer to, it does state, the 2015 um, investigation into a breach that Saracen, that Premier Rugby brought against Saracens and it was settled. It's kind of three lines in the whole report. It doesn't go into much detail at all. But what it does do, what Lord Dyson in his final summary says, that should have been and was a yellow card for Saracens. It should have been a clear warning that anything that's gone, gone along in the past is not going to fly in the future. And Saracens should have tried to be whiter than white in the future. And that's where I have a problem because the next point is the concealments. The all of these breaches are due to concealments or non-disclosures. Yeah, yeah. twenty-three counts of non-disclosure to the salary cap manager. And one of the things that Saracen said, which I took them as for the word when they said it, is that they reported these companies as and when they occurred. Turns out they didn't. They didn't, and they didn't report the um, image rights deal, and they didn't report the MNB payment to a player for events. So that that is dodgy. Yeah. At, at best, at absolute best, you can say Saracens were stupid and naive, uh, monumentally stupid and naive, given the the uh, previous position. At worst, and they don't go as far as this, and I wouldn't go as far as it, but at worst you could say they were trying to mm. deliberately circumnavigate the salary cap. And you would think if they thought that it, in, that it was done in good faith within the spirit and the regulations of, of, of the salary cap as it existed, then still declaring it to the salary cap manager as, hey, we're paying them this, but it's not to do the salary cap, and here's why we think that's yep. the case. Yeah. That's kind of, I think that's a built-in part of the process. Absolutely, and, and in fact, they yeah. even acknowledge that some of the some of the things that Nigel Ray has done since 2015 um, would have were previously, or there were there were years where it was acceptable, and then in subsequent years, slight changes to the way they did it meant it wasn't acceptable. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the property deals is exactly that. Deals, yeah. Nigel Ray yeah. said they did. We don't have the details, but they said they did similar but not identical deals in the past. Uh, so he assumed that which they would be the were, same. Which were looked which were okay. by a salary cap manager and okayed. Yes. Which, these... which is why I think that there is no binary truth here. The, yeah. the, 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 there's cognitive, cognitive dissonance. And I think my takeaway from the report is anyone who wanted to go into it going, Saracens are, are, are evil, conniving, uh, can, can read whatever they want into that. People that want to say Saracens have done nothing wrong can read into that and actually make an, both sides can make an argument. Yes. There is truth on there it. Is, there is muddy truth. It very much depends how you want to look at it. Okay, so I stand by my comments last week, which is, from a day-to-day point of view, under the law, I don't think they've done anything wrong. I mean, they really haven't. Oh, well, under well, no, the law, not under the, the law, regulations. No. Hold on a second, Phil. Hold on <laughs> a second. Hold on a second, right? The, I, I really don't think that they have. I, I think, even though they, 
even though in the this report says these are not commercial transactions, I can see a good commercial reason why you would do it. Particularly if you're a Nigel Ray and you could get one third of several houses in West London and get a player paying the mortgage and maintaining them. I mean, you know, he's that wealthy. He needs somewhere to park some some cash. You know, it's it's better than your bog standard investment. It's probably better than putting it into the bank. So it's I, not it, better that this for these deals the way that they're structured. Not better well, than Nigel for Nigel Ray than the standard. I mean, I've actually spoken to someone with one of these deals, right? And now that that individual does not live in their house, one third of their rent goes to Nigel Ray. You know, so there are plenty of deals out there, plenty of these property deals, which are, from what I can see, um, perfectly fine. Can I I just chime in on that one very briefly to to highlight another one of these muddy areas? And I'll take, just completely separate from what JB has just said, let me take the the deal uh, reported with Chris Ashton, for example. Yeah, um, which was two hundred seventy thousand pounds for a twenty or thirty percent. I can't remember. Twenty percent. Twenty percent stake in a property, which the way that's said by people is quite often. Oh, he's given Ashton two hundred seventy k. I believe I'm right. In, that sounds incredibly dodgy, and the whole thing might be a bit dodgy. I, I get that, but the salary cap manager valued the real terms benefit to Chris Ashton, and the bit that was added onto the salary cap was £8,000, because that yeah. is what Chris Ashton saved in interest. So Perfect. so you yeah. can easily say, yeah. oh, he's just given him 270 even, even Even the salary cap manager said, yeah. you've just saved Chris Ashton £8,000 in interest, that's going in the column. However, I think when the calculations were done for this, what's the full breach, they've, just, they've put the full amount in. Because... because yes. The loan wasn't paid back within the same year. Yeah. Well, Correct. Just, but yeah. Chris Ashton has subsequently paid that money back. Yes. Yes. So let me just... Okay, so... Let me just talk about that. that. That is exactly how it should be calculated. Exactly. It is the benefit that you receive from working with Nigel Ray, uh, which is absolutely fine. Now, let me just go back to why I think about it differently now. You have to look at this, not through the lenses like we were last week, or like I was last week, of just simply the law, and what's commercial and what's not, but the law in regards to the salary cap. The regulations. Re- regulations, which is why Lord, Lord Dyson's findings... They are not the findings of a man working within the UK legal system. They're the findings of a man working within these regulations. Correct. So, for instance, that's loan which is repaid by Chris Ashton. So, and to be clear, Nigel Ray has got every penny of that £270,000 loan for that property. Yeah. He has got that back. Plus interest. Plus, plus interest. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, uh, and Chris Ashton's saving, his benefit, was £8,000 and what, how, however much the property is included in value, yeah. which could have gone down. Yeah. So, yeah. my second point was I don't think this is proportionate. But there again, maybe it shouldn't be proportionate. Maybe it should be, pu- maybe it should be punitive. So, you know, if that loan has come back in, well, maybe that loan has come back in in its entirety because what they're trying to say here is don't do this. And in that case, I can kind of get on board with that. And, and that is what they're doing. Yeah, you're exactly right. Lord Dyson has, based on what I've read, in my view, completely correctly... Uh, adhered to the judgments and the, and more, actually more importantly the salary cap manager is completely correctly adhered to the regulations mm. because Lord Dyson was on, generally only determining whether the salary cap manager acted reasonably within the regulations. Yeah. Mm. Now you're right the Chris Ashton one is probably the one that would stick in the craw from a Saracens fan's perspective most because the benefit to Chris Ashton was limited 
it, it was it's very nice, but it's not a huge. He's not a millionaire because of that no, deal. I mean, you, you could argue he had to move clubs. It wasn't an inducement to make him stay. It might have even <laughs> been an inducement to make him go because he needed the signing on fee to pay off Nigel Ray. The point but, being, when you look at the, the when you look at the one point three million pounds of house investments. Actually, assuming that the, the Villa Polar brothers pay the 450000 back as Ashton has paid the yeah. 270000 back, etc., then the actual salary cap term benefit to players of that £1.3 is £40,000. Yes. So, so it looks dodgy as hell, and I totally get it. And who knows what the deal will be struck in the future between the Villa Polar brothers and Ray. None of my business. Mm. But assuming that it works the same as the Ashton one has, I can understand how it, 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 you could just say, why wasn't this just out in the open? Why didn't you just admit this? And then, it, then, it, then you don't I, get the full... I think they would have got away with almost everything if they admitted it, if they just declared it. No, well, that's... I think there would, 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 there would certainly would have been more lenience had they declared 100%. it. But, but I do... Th- the, there is a reason why yeah. the... Regulations are uh, they, well; they prohibit basically any um, loans that go for more than one salary year, yeah. salary cap year. Yeah, and the, uh, and that, that's the salary cap manager should not be speculating on the future position of whether a loan is paid back. Yeah, on what the 100%. what the benefit, what okay. the appreciation yep. on that house is going to be. Everything needs to be wrapped up neatly in that one year. Yes, and that is why they are. These are punitive penalties, yep. but they're done for a reason. And yeah. Yeah. to go on to what's my final point, they're done to re- for a reason. And Saracens, were they went in eyes wide open. They were signed up, fully signed up to all of these regulations. They'd already had the slap on the wrist. Yep. They've been reminded of these regulations. So why on earth are they playing actually, silly buggers? And this sounds daft. I actually don't think they thought they were breaking the rules. I mean... When they when they did it, because of course no one's actually tried doing this before, and when they had tried something similar in the past, actually it was signed off. Now, just looking at this, that, I mean that would be my Saracens' point of view. Yeah, think about it from the point of view though, from an, another club owner. So look at someone who cares deeply about their players and their club. People like Simon Orange and Jed Mason. They must be looking at this thinking, okay, I can see why they might not think they've broken broken the rules. But why should I go around having to buy houses for players and go into commercial <laughs> partnerships just because? You know, Saracens are. And Saracens might have decided, I don't want to declare this because we think it's comp- a competitive advantage. Undoubtedly, it is, actually. It is. But, to, but an illegal competitive advantage. Yeah. yeah. And the the point that Brendan Venter raised on his podcasts was that the, these are coming to play because Saracens have been too good at developing talent. Mm. And that's... I can kind of have some sympathy with that. But then... I mean, if you're a London Irish fan, for example, and your your talent that you've developed is spread across the league, mostly in the uh, southwest in yep. Bath, but all the talent you've been unable to keep because you've been unable to afford them within the salary cap, you'd feel pretty aggrieved at a club yeah, circumnavigating. Let's just say these deals are completely commercially viable. Like you would do it with me, you'd do it with Tim. It doesn't really matter who the other the other party is. It's fine, okay. Even if that was the case, it's hard to find a counterparty. And if you do it when you're trying to renegotiate a deal, mm, yeah. then then that's really tricky too. Yeah. Yes. You know, I've got... You know, so, for instance, say if I uh, decided to buy a, a, a property somewhere and I really wanted that property, even if it's just a normal commercial rate, so on and so forth, and that relied on me signing that new deal, even though I'm not getting any extra for it as such, 
I still really want that property, and I really, I will sign that deal in order to get that property. Yeah. So you know, there's that angle of it too, which actually is one of the Mario Toji things because his image rights were sold, I think, during his deal year. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and the other the MNB yeah. deal, the lump sum of ninety five thousand yeah. pounds for three years. That that's actually probably the most dodgy of all. I know it's a smaller value than yeah. other thing. But that ninety five thousand pounds. There's no explaining that, is there? There is no explaining <laughs> it. So it's ninety five thousand pounds. Well, there's a way that was paid as a one one lump sum, but allegedly spread across three years. But you wouldn't know because there's no contract in place. And it's a lot of money for no contract. There's no evidence of him. Saracens could seemingly couldn't find any evidence of him attending I, any event. I think some has popped up uh, well, since it, the odd it, photograph it, here and there. Yeah, it, it probably has done, but they yeah. didn't. They, they didn't, didn't demonstrate, have, have, yeah. Yeah, didn't demonstrate it, yeah. They did, so that just looks uh, serious. And, and to this whole thing, I think my general thought is, like, comes, bubbles down to a principle level. So, the print, the sort of, my, the gut feeling that I can't get away from, and I imagine other club owners in competition with them would have is, there's probably, you would imagine, a relationship between these deals and a renegotiation of a new contract to stay at the club. It's, it's, it, seems, it seems fanciful to suggest that they, there was no relationship whatsoever between the players' future at the club and the deal being done. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm there. I mean, there is an element as well, because I, I'm willing to say it was just because they were trying to redo deals. I know... I, I don't know yeah. this. It's yeah. just, just... I'm just saying it's a gut feeling and, make, and an opinion. If you make your players financially stable, that is one less reason for them to leave your club. So if you're helping your players and you're looking at what they bring in and what they pay out, and then you make sure that you know, your star players are uh, invested wisely and they're doing good things with their money rather than buying G-Wagons or whatnot... <laughs> Then G63 AMG. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You really do not want to be doing that, right? <laughs> that player will probably stay with you for slightly slightly less money. And I think we saw that slightly me- less money, the fact that with all their stars, Saracen still had headroom. So I think you can look after your players and make sure they get into good spending habits and good planning without necessarily helping them buy, that, buy houses. And, and I get that, and that is the most charitable way of interpreting what's happened. And if that is the case, and with the context of having got a yellow card, you would think... If it was, this is all above board. Yep. I am looking after my players because I genuinely care. And everyone that talks about Nigel Ray, I've, I've n- never met the guy. Everyone says that he, he genuinely cared. Yeah, and I, I, you, be, you, I believe that. Yeah, I, believe I, I believe that. Then you would you would think that making sure everyone knew I'm doing this and it's fine and this isn't affecting the salary by bringing it up with the salary cap manager again. It at very best it is. Stupid and naive for a very, very, very experienced and talented businessman. It just yeah. seems, yeah. Well, it seems yeah, bonkers. I, I kind of it's it's almost that. unbelievably yeah. stupid and naive yeah. for but someone I, who is so. But such... I wondered, like, is it sort of like trying to make your Labrador not chase a ball? You know, the reason that he is so wealthy is because he's just got this ingrained instinct to go out and do a deal. The de- yeah. Regardless of what that deal is, maybe it's the deal which is attractive to him rather than the you know the actual monetary reward. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah, I suspect that he still quite enjoys chasing that deal. Oh yeah, definitely. And do you know what's really worrying to me about this? And this is an RPA issue. I think. I think the RPA should be getting involved here. Um, where does this end? Because there are other deals that we know about. We know about, for instance, Wolfpack Lager, or how he helps yeah. us out with other businesses, which have never been mentioned in the report, but are nope. perfectly good things to be doing. 
Yep. Now I hope that those things aren't affected in um, in the future because that's exactly how you can you can support your players. Again, think of it from the, from the other side. If I just own a club, do I really want to be getting into business with all these different players um, just so I can compete with Saracens? Probably not. Yeah, but it's definitely it's definitely a good thing thing for but, them to be doing. The, the and the, I think there is still something that can be done there because the issue here has been the these loans that go outside the or one of the issues is the loans outside the salary cap period. You can still give Nigel Ray can still give his business experience and business advice mm. without loaning the money. You can yeah. go through go through a bank or go through but another separate he, business if, party. But what happens if Nigel Ray introduces his players to his really wealthy friend to do the same thing? Well, I was about well. To, I was about to say that you know there were uh, there was a story that also came up this week about the use of parking players on loan at other clubs. To take them out of the sphere of your salary cap, yeah. you know, in 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 a, in a kind of deliberate and egregious manner. I, yeah, I saw that, and it did, it felt like a sensationalist headline yeah. to try and make something look worse than well, it is. I don't know because Mike Williams is sat on the bench up at Leeds Carnegie with no intention of coming on until the seventy ninth minute. No, no intention whatsoever. And if you talk to people, I don't know. Do, do you know anyone in? In coaching in the championship, um, not not anymore, really. Yeah, yeah well, you know, you know if, if you talk to those sort of people, they will tell you like, yeah, there is pressure on championship clubs to take certain players and then loan them back in exchange for other players because you know they need cap room and championship clubs need players. But, but I kind of think let's just deal with one thing at a time. Yeah, no, but I, I meant that there was yeah. there's that story. There's been stories in the past and jokes made about oh, so and so's. Uh, got the most expensive secretary. So and so's yeah, wife is the most yeah, expensive secretary yeah. at the club. Oh, oh so and so happens to have a uh, a corporate shindig where they're getting a huge amount of money to turn up and have a photo taken and a cup of tea with the w- yeah. with the boss or whatever. And all of those things. And you know, people will talk about the amateur days as in, yeah, it was amateur days, but th- there were there were deals being done and 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 uh, there were either brown envelopes happening yeah. or there was jobs in the city being given. Ah. Now that's an interesting one too. So, so my point being, yeah. exactly what we talked about. There's an element where things like this have always ha- happened, and there's an element of, about this where, when one thing is shut, other loopholes will yeah, and just try like, to be me, found. Mm. Allow me to um, ruminate for one second here. But one of the things I think is, everyone talks about rugby being sustainable. It doesn't need to be sustainable. That's an absolute nonsense. And I always refer back to Phil using the example from Soconomics, which are which is. Rugby clubs are not there to make money per se. They are there to grease the wheels of companies owned by their owners. Much like your Wasps visit. Yes, quite. Like, like you, a, you came out with a much better perception of Wasps after that, if you were a Yeah, bus- that's a really good point. Or, and, and equally, yeah. like, a, like I will, if I want to try and do business with someone, or maybe like you know, with people that I've tried to be hired by in the past, I've gone... Tell you what, I'm in town. I'm in town next Wednesday. Can I take you out for lunch? Yes, yeah. exactly. And right. that's an investment. It's cost me. Yeah, but it's I've reaped that. It's paid itself back and more in the future. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So owning a rugby club is the ultimate expression of this, which is, hey, I'd like to do some business with you, Tim Cocker, PLC. Why don't you come, come to have my rugby my club? My rugby club. Come meet my yeah. players. Have dinner. So we'll 
Uh, you know, Coming the, orders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they, these clubs might be losing money, but compared to the wealth of the owners, you know, and they call them sh- sugar daddies. No, no, no. You've got the wrong end of the stick. These are business tools for businessmen to develop for the businesses outside the, outside the game. And by the way, maybe Nigel Ray is losing money on Saracens, but making an awful lot of money doing other things because he owns Saracens, for instance. OK, yes. so I think it's sustainable in that manner. But it is a little bit hypocritical to say... This networking tool which you have, you'll then deprive your players of the exact same networking opportunity that that club affords you. And I think we need to be careful to make sure that players can benefit from their status, the fact that they can walk into a room at, say, the sales shops corporate and everyone wants to do business with them, everyone wants to help them. We've got to be just a little bit careful we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Because exactly as you say, for example, um, if someone that... Nigel Ray knows very well a close business associate of many years and another wealthy individual gets introduced by Nigel Ray to um, someone who then invests in a business of theirs there's going to now be a lot of people going that salary cap contravention and that's dodgy and actually what it might be exactly as you say is in good faith Mm. trying to harness the networking power of rugby to try and mean that these players have a life after rugby Yeah, and I I do think that this as long as it's done in the right way and communicated yeah. in the right way and it's in the right parameters, the salary cap regulations don't necessarily prevent that. No. In, in these, this scenario, these specific scenarios, were yeah. n- not that charitable definition, unfortunately. No, they weren't. Yeah. Um, and what, one final thing, like from my perception of read, from reading the report, was just... So Saracens threw every argument. Oh yeah, they oh, possibly no. could at this. I mean, they really did. They went for everything from their starting position of that the um, the premise of the salary cap is salary cap is anti competition in line with UK and EU yeah. laws is an astonishing position. It's to astonishing, take. stupid position. When, to when take. you are you were a, an initial founding member, you've signed off the salary cap for twenty years. It was, yeah, and, and the that section of the report was particularly um, heavy reading, but the payoff at the end of the anti-corruption, oh, sorry, anti-competition object decision, where Lord Dyson addresses each of the four points that Saracens made, arguing on that, and dismisses each one in turn, and then says, and your own. Um, CEO and chairman have said how much they benefit, how much they um, recognise that the salary cap is an important tool for the league and a benefit to the league. Yes, completely agree. That, that, that was a story. Uh, do you know what it strikes me as, right? It strikes me as they've got a law firm involved. Two things have happened. One, they didn't think it was going to be that serious, and then last minute they go, bloody hell, this is serious. Do <laughs> every argument that, that, you, that you've got. Yeah. And secondly, it's like the law firm's misunderstood the task. The task is not to defend Saracens in the eyes of the of European law. It's to defend Saracens within the remits of the salary cap. And I think that's a little, little bit of a curveball for a litigator because they are thinking in very, very clear terms about the things which are an expert at. You're taking them out of there. You may as well be telling them to defend you against French law. <laughs> because you need an expert in the rules of the salary cap, not the rules, you know, not the laws of the land, so, so to speak. Which the salary cap manager clearly is. Yeah. Because the salary cap ma- manager 
and Premier Rugby, uh, as I've read it, they won pretty much every single point in the 100-page There is report. not a single place where the Saracen solicitors win a single point. <laughs> it's remarkable. Remor- which, which yeah. considering how much shit they threw against the wall, hoping for some of it to stick. I mean, They've some of their arguments... Got... So the, the anti-competition argument, the salary cap's not uh, operated correctly. The... Um, the salary cap has prevented them from being competitive in Europe was a particularly interesting mm, yeah. one that I enjoyed Lord Dyson's response to that. The salary cap manager has acted in ways outside his remit. The salary cap manager has not acted reasonably. Mark McCaffrey's evidence was not credible. Like all these, uh, I know. How Mark McCaffrey, the old chairman of... <laughs> yeah. Good God. Or they, Saracens, the, the, there's lots more besides, but they threw all this shit at the wall. And none of it stuck. Like, not a single bit of it stuck. Mm. And that... I lost... So, I I like... I've always quite liked Saracens. I'm... As an England fan, I've loved what they've done for England because the amount of talent that they have developed and brought through, both through their academy and brought in and then developed, is brilliant. But I lost quite a bit of respect and faith for Nigel Ray and the way that they operate. I still think Nigel Ray is a very good bloke, but... The report does not read well for Saracens. Yeah, I tend to disagree with you there. I tend to think they sail close to the wind. I know exactly what they were trying to do. They were they were trying to make their their players as comfortable as, as possible without increasing the salary cap, whilst maintaining a, a competitive advantage. And when you look at the salary cap rules and you you know get a world class judge to go through them and operate in that environment and come up, come to some conclusions, they. They just failed. They just failed. And they're going to have to take the medicine now. And by all accounts, they are taking it pretty well. The, yeah, they are. They, yeah. they so, are taking their medicine now. They are, they've accepted relegation. There's no talk of yeah. them contesting or appealing I, that. I, think it's a sw- I do still think, though, even though there are breaches, it's a very, very small part of the Saracen's success. I think they could have made these players financially sustainable in other ways, and declared it, and they'd still be just as successful as they are now. I don't buy any of the arguments that they cheated their way to the top, even though they broke the rules. Um, and I really hate some of the reports. I mean, I heard, heard some, one guy describing it as gammon thinking or something. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're still defending Saracens. Which oh, means, yeah, I mean, yeah. You just say, you saying it was Brexity in its gammonness. <laughs> just <laughs> wow. Stunning, 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 stunning and brave. brave. <laughs> that was you so, are playing up to a particular audience with, <laughs> yeah. with that kind of thing. Yeah. So, stunning. so I, I, it feels like, in terms of looking back, I think I, I'm, I'm disappointed again that is sort of one step forward and, and and you come straight back to square one in in the sense that all the information came out but not in the way that it should have come out and then for the current decision that's been made hastily there's no information whatsoever yes. yeah, yeah officially so well, other than they are relegated and they've, they are relegated and they've accepted it but but um so am, am i suggesting that the, the, we're not satisfied with the process that that happened but we're all kind of in agreement that it's the 35 point penalty and the fine was the right outcome in line with the regulations yeah now i know the report and i've had time to talk it over with professional litigators Uh, i'll just say a big thank you to nick west who put a really good tweet Uh, and by the way is a litigator for hire nick west find him on uh, (laughs) on twitter he put on a really good series of tweets as to why he felt uh the decision was reached the way it was um yeah i sort of think it's fair now so yeah i the process that was followed was correct. Um, 
I think it, we now have transparency, which everyone has been craving since November and, and before. Um, so I'm happy with all of that. Premier Rugby have, since this, so before the report came out, they've announced that there is going to be a further investigation and review of the salary cap regulations. And I do wonder how many changes we will see that would potentially change the magnitude of the penalty were the same things to happen in future. Now, if we were doing a normal podcast, right, we'd break up all this with jovial games, would we not? Yeah, so we would. can we finish this off with a jovial game? Yes, please. Yeah. All right. Oh, we haven't actually... T- just one little thing we didn't touch on. Is there anything to say that hasn't been said on the image rights Thank you. Thing? That's where I'm coming to. That's exactly <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> All right. So, the Atuji image rights thing. Yeah. Um, very, very briefly... Um, yeah, we'll just go into the facts of this. Atoji's image rights were £800,000 overvalued. The Saracens overspend for last season, which £800,000 is a chunk of, was around about £900,000. So the vast majority of last season's breach yep. was this image rights thing, Correct. which, Correct. which uh, Premier Rugby slash the salary cap manager valued an overpayment of £800,000. Yeah, so that was that. Now, interestingly... Well, apparently they got it valued by PwC, who also ordered the cap. But then during the investigation, PwC were never called upon to give evidence, uh, and you know the new valuation was never contested. So, you know, I have no idea. The only thing we I can think of for that is PwC were conflicted because they ordered the cap, and also they're going to have to value uh, Mario's image rights, which leads you to the question: Why were they? Why didn't they tell Nigel Ray they were conflicted beforehand? Well, I don't think it's that, because Nigel Ray said he didn't use PwC's advice in in making that payment. Brilliant. He he paid a big four, world-renowned accountancy firm, to come up with a valuation, and then didn't use it, and came to his own valuation, which happened to be the same as the PwC. So that... What? Oh, he got it valued. He didn't want to pay for the... He didn't want to make it official. He didn't want to pay for the advice... I came to his own value, which happened to be the same. same. Uh, well, that's one argument. Uh, or pay the advice. It does. Uh, it does look a bit dodgy. Because if it, that was the case, I'm guessing PwC would have a major bill on on their doorstep right now. Well, given that that individual um, discrepancy led to nearly two million pounds of the fine for Saracens. Yeah. There could be a very clear professional negligence case, particularly when you've had another. Uh, professional services company value it at half. Yes. So, yeah, but 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 it's, so here's one. So uh, Nigel Ray and other directors valued how by how by whatever means they came to it valued Mario Otoji's image rights a thirty percent stake in yeah. Mario Otoji's image rights as one point six million. Be it meaning they valued his image rights at four point eight million pounds. Yes. Now when we talked about this last week, when you. Um, when you brought it up before Sky News, before the Times, before anybody, mm-hmm. yeah, you were literally the person that broke this. I, I yes, I was gone. Literally. Yes, you were. I'll take it. Fair play. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did think you were a bit crackers, and I, I was worried when you were like, "Tim, you're not going to like this." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, fair play. So they valued it at four point eight million pounds. I thought that was over a period of a contract for a no. few years. Let's say that is. Can I just be clear so people, don't, if you don't know. That is a valuation of Marutoji's image image rights, as in his endorsements from Adidas, um, Vitality, Vita Coco Water, etc. That that is four point eight million pounds for his entire life. Yeah. Now, 
It's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash. However, I would I I would be willing to say th- that could be looked back on ten even twenty years from now as a steal. Yeah, exactly. It could, it could, that could be uh, a if, very good. And by the way, if Mario just won the World Cup, it was a steal. It was a steal. So uh, I don't, I could also make the. Argument. It looks dodgy as hell. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not disputing that. So if Maratoji has his has his image rights, and then he sells his image rights to we mean Phil discuss this. I don't know if Sarchi and Sarchi offer this deal, but maybe Sarchi and Sarchi say, "Yeah, we'll definitely have them. Fine, done." Um, I think he would sell those to Sarchi and Sarchi for less money than he'd sell them to Nigel Ray because Nigel Ray is a very successful businessman, but Sarchi and Sarchi are the experts at getting your face on buses and whatnot. So I can see why Nigel Ray would have to pay over the odds to get these image rights. But yeah. I would pay over the odds to, to get to get these image rights one hundred percent. It's like, but it's like, um, it's like a stock investment in a way. You're actually yeah. betting on his his value continuing to rise, or the, the 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 scale of investment from corporations into rugby increasing. And so it looks dodgy as hell. I'm not saying it wasn't ethically questionable. I'm not saying that Saracens didn't deserve a fine as a result of it because it was not disclosed the right channels were not gone down but anyone that says this is this is a sneaky way to put 800,000 pounds in Mario Toji's pocket I think or in a briefcase I think that's wider the mark because I think it's a sneaky way to get one third of Mario Toji's image right it is that every single bit of an endorsement that you see Mario Toji do for his life, thirty percent of that money will be going to Nigel Ray and those other directors who invested. <laughs> For nothing. So, I, I think my side on that is it. It could end up. To, uh, two things I'll yeah. say. It could end up to be a very, very good deal. Marrow could have a um, horrific knee injury in yeah. a month's time, never play again, and it be a terrible deal. The other side of it is the. Report does suggest that he was undervalued, which brings for me to his my... for his um, payment, and it was at a point for his salary. For his yeah. salary, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One report, I think, it was in the Guardian, said that there are ten better paid locks based on his regular salary in the Premiership. Brilliant. Which I mean, well, there was also should... the ninety-five thousand pounds in marketing there's, money that was also, also not that. disclosed. So there is also that as well. Here yeah. comes my fun game then. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's value Mario Otoji. 
<laughs> he would like to try and value more. Uh, are we valuing his image rights no, no. or his what salary? Is to Saracens, so his because salary. that's the only thing we can pay him for. Well, locks. Well, locks are the most, the highest paid players in the Premiership. On According that, yeah? to that, yeah, a sportif, a sportif, a sportif. yeah, which I still, I, it I doesn't believe him. It doesn't sit right with me that. No, especially not if Marrow is uh, the tenth. Oh, well, no, no, maybe. If Murray's is 10, 10. If Murray actually, yeah, maybe. Backs that up. Well, paying the rest of them. <laughs> so you'd yeah. think, um, uh, like, uh, so to Saracen, so he's going to miss a chunk of every season because of England. Yep. They yep. will recoup some of that money. Yeah. Nevertheless, that, that actually knocks him down from being someone I would invest the highest amount of money in. So just let, let, let's start with the let's, let's so go 300k. 300k. I well, let's, yeah, let, let's start with a, a process for, first. Yeah. Are we... Because if I was valuing the construction of a building... So mm. uh, Chartered surveyor by trade, um, and we've got relatively little time and information. We're doing cost planning, which would be looking at. So, we've built a school over here before. It cost two and a half thousand pounds per meter squared. Um, what are the? What's this school like compared to the previous one? What are the abnormals? So you'd pick a comparable item and then look at differences abnormal some of which might be inflation some of which might be construction methodology some of which might be location facts and all the rest of it so who is our comparable player tomorrow otoji british and irish lion it's got to be yep a world star lock alan win alan win would be a good one he's slightly older though so james ryan perhaps who's a younger james 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 ryan's a good one or henderson someone like that johnny gray yeah. Not so much. So less so. James, James yeah. Ryan's a good one because he, he was his lock partner yeah. for the Lions. So you got. Oh Cap- no, no, it was Alan Wynn, wasn't it? So you got captaincy experience. Uh, yeah. You got the British and Irish Lions stuff. Yeah. But you can only value him on what he's worth to you. So, do you make him one of the highest paid players in the squad? Uh, <laughs> depends where the locks sit. Because for me, locks are less significantly less valuable than say. 8, 9, 10, 15. Tighter prop. prop. He can play six and he does have a disproportionate impact on games compared to any other lock in the world, pretty much. I, I would agree. So he can do things that no other lock can do. Mm-hmm. And, and I include World Cup winning locks like Retallic, like Etzebeth. Uh, Are you know, though, Etzebeth can do things that he can't do. Just true, the because of the sheer dominance. size, the mass of the man. He's not that big. Are uh, you joking? Hmm, are you joking? Yeah, but My well, no, God, he's... He t- is I don't a, think he's that big, you know. Maru Itoji. I think he looks great. Mate, he is... But he's not an Etzebeth. He's not 130 kg. He's a pretty imposing... He'd be the, oh, he is. He's a pretty he, imposing he, man. He might be the smallest lock in the front squad. I don't know. He's pretty... He's a... Jeez. He, what's he, his size? Let's just get up his official... Uh, let's see if I can get his Saracen. If it were caveman times... He would be running running a massive tribe. Well, he, he'd be running all the St. Albans. Yeah, well. St. <laughs> Albans be king. would be his. Well, it already is his. He'd be king. He'd just be more his. Uh, well, I've got him here as 6'5 and 115kg. Yeah, that's not massive. Yeah, but so, that's not huge. Uh, no, no. I've, I've stood next to him <laughs> quite a few times. He, he's a big boy. He's not as big as some. He's not. He's not a tight headlock, for example. He's not a tight headlock. No, uh, br- the, the, the famous yet rare tight tight headlock. There'll be a premium on tight headlocks these days. <laughs> so, um, so Etzebeth is three inches taller and a bit over a stone heavier. Jeez, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> but, the, but it's 
there are benefits to both. You'd want both in your team. Yes. But they and as can we both. Had today, watching Saracens, uh, watching their massive prop go into contact, who is enormous, size doesn't really help. Explosive power. Explosive, yeah. yeah. He is explosive, as you like. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, anyway. We've got, so, we've got yeah. the, three, the 300,000. Now, here's the... Minimum. Yeah, let's, let's just Maybe assume... Four. Well, let's just assume, if Alan wins on 300k, let's assume that's a starting point, and then we're going to judge the abnormals. Yes. Because there are abnormals. Playing six is one of them. Alan Wynn can't play six. Yeah. No, he can't. Certainly not uh, to a... Not internationally He could play or, for Tok H, but he, yes. he probably couldn't play for... I mean, he could play for Ospreys, actually. Uh, but not international. Not international, and not... He's not going to be playing it in a Heineken Cup final. No. Marrow can. Marrow can. 400. 400, we're saying. But then, there are things... So Marrow can do things that Alan Wynn can't do. Okay. Uh, he's... He's not quite got the leadership, but he's not far off. And uh-huh. he will, if you sign him on a five-year deal, I would bank in three, for three of those five years, he would have the same leadership uh, Now, again, I'm going to touch wood as I say this, as an Englishman going into the Six Nations. Yes. Very rarely gets injured. Very robust. Yes. Ooh, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, that is good that's value. a really good one. Yeah, so I think I'm not going to go any higher than 375. That That's me. Because if I went any higher than 375... I'm then going to start encroaching on other positions. So, do you know when someone breaks the record? People talk about Mario as the next million quid lock. But if we spent a million quid on Mario, it means that our competitor would have, what, the best part of 700,000 to go away and buy Finn Russell and Johnny Sexton and then go and win him and then go and win him. <laughs> because he's cup. an academy player, they can park him as a marquee if they want, can't they? They can. So you've got to be at the club for it's either two or three years yeah. before. So he, he he can definitely be a marquee. So they can pay him anything they want, but Owen Farrell falls into that category. Yeah. Believe it or falls into that category. Mako. Uh, yeah. All of those boys do. Vincent Cock does because he came from a different league. So yeah. the second question then Liam is, Williams does because he came from a different league. How much of your salary cap do you allow to be eaten up by the fact he is the most marketable player on the planet? If you own 30% of it, quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you say, look, we're going to go with 50k less of players because Mario is so valuable? Do you say it's 100k? Do you say it's 200k? And this is where you need that more information. You yeah. need to know what these deals... So, like, on the, the events deal, the MNB deal... It was. It says in the report that it was not considered. The salary cap manager did not consider it to be a market rate for a player of his stature for appearances. All right. So, but I don't know what a market rate is. You I don't know, know if this is what we're trying to. I don't know if it's right? one grand or twenty grand. Okay. So let's let's look through the other side of the t- side of the telescope and say I'm Saracens. I'm going to say all right. So you've given me all these reasons to pay you four hundred k. That's you know maybe you're asking for five hundred k. But I'm going to say this. The reason that you're so, so successful is because of the environment here. Yeah. Because we manage you well, which allows you not to be injured because of our top-class medical facilities. Because our academy's so good, we've got Joel Kapoku and Nick Izikwe. If you need a week off, we've got great people to come in and bring in. Yeah. yeah. We've got Cruz and Skelton. Just in case. And, and who you can still learn from, because they are uh, oh, world-class lots. Maro, do, do you think you'd be as good if you played for Worcester? Do you think you could yep. step into a Worcester shirt tomorrow? And not only that, look, I own 30% of, of, of your image rights now. Um, this is working for us because being here means you play for England, playing for England means you play for the Lions. You know, what you're earning here is going to be inconsequential compared to your England money, your Lions money, and also all of your marketing money. 
So when he starts looking at it like that, you think maybe he's not a £400,000 lock. Maybe he is a £300,000 lock because of all the things that we give him in order to make him that, ex- that extra cash. Because he's in the Saracens environment. Yeah. And I think, I th- would he be the best lock in France? Probably. I mean, he'd be good, but well, he wouldn't be that valuable in France, would it's, he? Well, and it's, it is a different environment. So obviously he's not in the Saracens team, but the locks and the packs tend to be bigger and heavier. Yeah. And you get put through the, the grinder week in, week out. The things you've just said may well be exactly what Maruitoji would say to his parents, to his brother or whatever, um, or his very closest confidants. Um, and that uh, exactly what he said. He, he might go, I like being Saracens. I'm happy to take a little bit less because of all the things you just spelled out. It's never going to not be potentially viewed as some sort of conspiratorial thing by other people. And we can only ever speculate and we'll never know the truth. No, we'll never know the truth. But I just suspect that Saracens get players cheaper regardless of houses. Because, you you know, look, you, you can get 50k extra at Worcester. I'm sure, I'm sure you could get 200k extra at Worcester. He wouldn't win a thing. I know. I loved listening to you guys with Ed Slater yeah. a few weeks ago. And oh, yeah, when, when, you, point. when you put that question to him, and he was candidly honest, and he said, would I take a pay cut if you could guarantee me winning things? Yes, I would. We started at 25%, so our valuation of Mario <laughs> at 400, we're back down to 300. And Yeah, and being at Saracens for the past few years has been tantamount to guaranteeing winning things. Yeah. Because they have won things Pretty much every and, year. And, and do you know what? The salary cap story, bad at the moment, that's going to be dynamite on the after dinner speaking circuit in 10 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> dynamite. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Nigel Ray's getting 30% of that. <laughs> <laughs> the, old, uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. I think we should leave it there. Yes, yes agreed. So I, hope, I hope you have found that um, informative. I, I, I predict there'll be people thinking that uh, elements have been soft on Saracens or whatever, but I, I actually think if you listen to what we've all three of us said in our own ways, we've all said it was stupid, naive at best, Dece- deceptive at worst. Yeah, uh, we want to see why the the recent decision has been made, and we agree with the the report implemented as it was. Yes, and I actually I, I actually think I'm quite proud of that hour that we just done because that is not disputing it it's not disputing anything it's agreeing with it but i think it's doing it with the 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 right level of of analysis and nuance that has been lacking if you just delve into the twitter (laughs) cesspit yeah there there have been some good threads on it i agree but there has been and the nick west one that jb mentioned is one yeah and let's um, go to the higher rugby in the law is also yeah Yeah, always well considered and always very good there have also been some (laughs) <laughs> interesting tweets yeah excellent right let's go and talk about the premiership yes right we'll see you on the next one a new year is full of surprises but one thing is always predictable postage costs go up stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89 percent off usps and ups services so when postage goes up your business will barely notice the change Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. 
schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.